we're in our living room. It's my friend Lemuel, my sister, Lorgina. We're getting ready to unbox a game of Monopoly when we hear these loud knocks. Boo, 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 boo. I walk to the door and and I unlock the door and it's two officers. And the first thing he says is, are you going to let me in or do you want me to embarrass you? And at this point, I'm confused why they're even here. And he said, Jackson St. Fort? I said, yes. He's like, we have a warrant for your arrest. I said, what? And at this point, I'm confused, not because... I hadn't gotten into trouble before, but because at this point, I was already done with the previous juvenile probation period that I had gone through. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, like, what? What did I do? And the officers, they're like, we have a warrant for your arrest. We have to take you. And... Now everyone is awake. My parents, who had went to bed, are now out. I'm standing in front of the door because I was so frozen stone cold that I never made it back to the living room. I'm the oldest of four, three younger sisters. I'm supposed to be the example, the role model of two immigrant parents that only knows hard work, school, and church. And now their oldest is an embarrassment. And I'm standing there. And now at this point, my hands are behind my back. I have handcuffs. And my second to youngest sister, who we call Mama, is literally wrapped around my right leg because my left leg was closest to the officers. And she's wrapped around my right leg. And she's saying, please don't leave. Please don't go. And my parents at this point have to pull her off. And I'm, at this point, I'm just lost for words. I'm quiet. Words don't exist to me at this point. And they take me to the police car and I'm in the back seat. And the last thing I remember seeing is my mom standing outside, vacant. Her face, it, it's like the spirit, the will that she had, had left her body. And it was just like, she was just staring at me through the the glass window, and I can tell she was thinking, I can't believe I'm losing my son in this way. I wasn't going off to college. I wasn't getting drafted to the NBA. I wasn't walking a stage. I was months away from graduation, and I was leaving in the backseat of a patrol car. And... Uh, Later, I learned that I was charged for uh, a crime that I had committed. It was burglary, uh, dwelling in a 
a vacant house at that time, uh, myself and three friends were just going on a spree of entering empty houses and stealing what we can and then selling whatever we could. But this one particular house where I was now being charged with two felonies, this one particular house changed my life forever. The victim had a paper bag with $12,000. It was in a box in the closet of the home. And a friend of mine who went in with me was the one that grabbed that paper bag or that box and was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I think at that house, we stole a laptop, a wallet that we ended up just throwing away. Um, so it was really the laptop and and this, this paper bag. And I remember when my friend opened up this paper bag in the car we thought we were rich like like yeah like this is it we're done we're not doing this anymore well fast forward i am now being charged with two felonies for this burglary and at this point i'm i'm not burglarizing homes anymore uh, things are getting back to normal at home. And I'm not even remembering that I committed this crime until this knock comes on my door. And man, when I think about that day, I don't think about the fact that I was arrested. I don't think about My friends being at that time uh, not being involved or or myself being the only one on the case. What I think about is how I made my family feel. How I made my sister. Empty and traumatized and how I had literally, with that situation, completely turned my mom's life upside down. And this situation was the beginning of a journey of depression and trauma and paranoia and insecurities and survival and entrepreneurship and leadership and becoming this once-in-a-lifetime role model for those around me and more specifically for my first, my very first godson. But this also was a journey of shame and embarrassment and and just 
operating in the business world and in the world in general on in the in the shadows hiding my story and it wasn't it wasn't pretty because i had to deal with the system from 16 to even a little bit on a very small scale even at 29 so for the next decade I was in the belly of the beast. Now, granted, this is all self-inflicted. I committed the crime. But I also did a lot more damage by <laughs> keeping the, the real mindset. You know, I'm not going to snitch because I'm a real nigga. So while there were three others that were part of the crime and we facilitated together, I didn't snitch because at that time they were my brothers. They were my family. They were my support system, my peer group. And I take a moment of silence to really dial back in to that, that journey. And what I felt was betrayal, confusion, unsupported and the story ends like this now i'm at the hands and the mercy of the system two years community control two years probation and on the day of my last court hearing my judge said to me and i'll never forget this my judge said to me jackson st fort you have, a, you have a really good attorney. Attorney Peranti, Louis Peranti, talked me out of sentencing you to 36 months in prison. Now, at the time, I didn't really translate 36 months into years. I heard it and I just listened on. And he's like, you know, I was going to sentence you to 36 months in prison today. But your attorney informed me that you have a job and you can make restitution payments. And he talked me out of sentencing you. Now, if you know anything about being in a courtroom and the impact of storytelling, you know that some of the most life-defining stories are told in the courtroom. And for me, when I heard the words from the judge, you are a menace to society. The shame I felt, the embarrassment for the next decade whether it was being stopped for a traffic stop, applying for a job when times got tough, applying for the essentials of any citizen, whatever it was that would remind me of this narrative, 
you are a menace to society for the next decade. This would be the internal battle that I would go through. Now, the reason why I start off this podcast journey with my story is because it has taken leaps and bounds. It has taken mentorship. It has taken Jesus. It has taken God just entering my life, my heart. It has taken documentaries and speeches for me to get to a place where I'm comfortable and I'm confident in sharing my story in any setting and in any environment without worrying what other people will say about me. Now, if you know a young child or a young man that has dealt with the system directly, because of the crimes they committed. You know that their lives are derailed completely. Education can be out of reach. Living situations can be out of reach. Job applications and employment can be out of reach. Resources. Programs, apprenticeship, you name it, even volunteering at the hospital could be out of reach because of that background. So as I start this journey with you on podcasting, I remind myself that my story is important, that my story needs to be told and it needs to be told by me. I can't let anyone tell my story because it's mine to tell. There have been so many pivotal moments for me to get to this point where I'm open about my story, honest and transparent and saying that I am a convicted felon, but also that God gives second and third chances. God can completely transform someone. And nowadays, when I tell someone I'm a convicted felon, They look at me like, what? You? There's no way. God can change you to the point where you're unnoticeable by those who knew you. You are unnoticeable to yourself. I hope that this journey with me shows you whatever you're going through, God can make a difference. Whatever you're going through, you can still become a person of value, a role model, a leader, a storyteller. You can still become an asset to your community, a voice. If I was writing a book today, it would be called Fingerprint, How Jesus and therapy changed my life forever. As of today, June of 2022, I have a therapist. 
Because a lot of what I dealt with and a lot of the decisions that I made were based on trauma and toxic environments and the influence of my peer groups all working together against me. If you were young once or you're young now and you've gone through high school, you know what I'm talking about. Where maybe you don't smoke, but you're in a car full of smokers smoking out the car. You know what I'm talking about, right? Or maybe you're not the type to want to have sex with a whole bunch of girls. But because of your peer group, and your circle of influence, now you become one. Trauma has a way of impacting all areas of our lives. It has a way of creating blind spots and really activating our triggers. If Jesus... And therapy can change my life. Jesus and therapy can change yours. Jesus and leadership and community can change yours. What would life look like for you if you learned that your story wasn't over? It's still being written. And while you are the main character, God is the author. And he's giving you a testimony. I can't wait to continue on this journey with you. Thank you for listening to my story. This is the Canvas Podcast, where we interview and have conversations with any and everyone that are a part of God's canvas that God is using to create the strokes that we see in everyday life. I hope that you join me on this journey to talk about any and everything under the sun. The Canvas Podcast.